Hey everyone. This is Mukul and this is Swapnil. Welcome to Going Slow podcast where we discuss our product journeys and also have casual discussions around life, universe and everything in between. Hello hello. Welcome to episode 16 of Going Slow podcast. Hey Swapnil, how's it going? Hey Mukul, everything is pretty good. How about you? How was your week? It was good. it was a decent i would say same a uh, bit monotonous as of now so i'm thinking like what uh, thing should i try and do to break out of that monotonous routine so uh, i'm waiting for next month because i'm going to travel next month so till then i'm just figuring out what other things i can do and what can i do to prepare myself for the travel what about nice. you nice. yeah just was catching up on my reading list and i have one book that i want to talk about today and i think this was your recommendation it's called the little book of sloth philosophy <laughs> oh yes yes have, have you read it yeah i just read it yesterday it was pretty pretty nice pretty little and pretty nice and i think that follows that book right that's why it's so little <laughs> because it follows that sloth philosophy and it's such a cute little book i think it must be like great gift to give to it's such a small hard cover book and uh, and I, I personally love all the points mentioned there it's like go slow why why are you going fast <laughs> so yeah. what about you i feel like this book should be the official recommendation of our podcast this <laughs> <laughs> is like going slow uh peak all all insights it touches everything i did not think that it would touch everything it touches sports it touches music it touches reading and eating sleeping it, it touches all aspects of life so i think that was pretty cool Uh, do you want to talk about some takeaways from from this? What were your main takeaways from this book? And then maybe I can also talk about mine. I think it is. Uh, I think you you you, you should talk your takeaways because I read it like three years back, so <laughs> I wouldn't say like it's totally uh, like I'll have to brush up all the points uh, and all those things. So I think you should uh, share your takeaways, and I think maybe after that I can relate to it. Sure, sure. So I'm just start by uh, the the foundation of the sloth philosophy. So I think they have four pillars. They call it the slow method, S L O W, and uh, the first stands for the S stands for sleep in. So normally we are told that there's a set limit on how we should sleep: six hours, seven hours, eight hours. but they the book says that if you want to sleep for 12 hours just do it and uh, there's never too much sleep and actually it is good for you as well so yeah the first is just to sleep in the l stands for leave your phone at home right now we are very much plugged in into the system over our internet basically there are only a few times I think this happens especially in travel that we sort of disconnect with the online world. But uh, 
we can do a small bit of it while at homes as well. When we step out of our home for anything, we can leave our phone at home. And this is something I haven't done in a long time. Because it's always that we need the GPS to get back to our home. What if someone calls me? It's needed urgently, things like that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to try it out very soon. Just going out without a phone. So yeah, that was the second um, pillar. The third is O, which stands for opt out. Again, this is a commonly propagated idea that you need to stay busy, engaged, connected and in general productive at all times. But this law philosophy sort of puts it around and says that you just put your well-being first and opt out of things you don't want or need to do. So in general, like being busy is not a badge of honor. It's just that maybe, maybe, just maybe you aren't prioritizing things right. And the final one, W, was the best thing out of everything. And I feel that is going to stay with me, which is what's the rush? So <laughs> whenever you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, you can just ask yourself, what's the rush? It gives a very good example. Let me just read it out. Okay. So if you're about to take a rejuvenating walk in the spring sunshine, but get a text message from your accountant asking about a missing file, which causes you to check your email, where you see a note from a friend asking about your plans for visiting the countryside tomorrow, which you start replying to, but first you need to research that art gallery you heard about, so you can include the link in your reply. And then it's an art later, and somehow you have bought four pairs of shoes. <laughs> and uh, also that reminds you that for your trip, you need to wash your shoes. You need to throw out the rotten fridge lettuce and call the school. So if this is your workflow, you need to rethink your priorities. You take a step back and uh, just try putting any feelings of urgency into perspective. And it also gives an example uh, of our past where our grandparents probably sent paper letters to their friends and family via boards and catching up took weeks and they all survived. <laughs> so yeah, just asking the question, what's the rush? Will anyone or anything suffer if you take that walk first? Like that's a good question to just keep, keep things in perspective. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, so when I read this book, like all those points are like, yeah, this is so true. Basically, all the books with respect to self-help, basically on maximizing the productivity and how you can do all those things at the highest potential. But when I saw this book and read this one, I was like, why? Why do you need to do everything at the most optimized level and everything? Like this was a little bit I thought, which was, bit outside of I would say right race and the person I love, love the whole uh, philosophy actually I wanted to name our company because of this book I wanted to have sloth in the name and not panda initially but they, they so, so there was no catchy name with sloth so I had to go with second best <laughs> panda <laughs> so it was like a side sloth and all those things doesn't work 
So I had to go with panda, side pandas. I mean, the whole ideas mentioned in the book are really, I would say, least resistant to apply. <laughs> like they do not, like you can apply it if you would like to. And they are like, have least resistance. It's not like they are asking you to do a thing which you'll have to put like a lot of effort in it. But it's still tough because there are so many distractions now. It also starts with a section on famous people who were followers of philosophy. And I think that's a very good way to start a book. So talk about people who took things slow and we still remember them. So it mentions Douglas Adams who wrote the famous Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, Leonardo da Vinci, Lord Melbourne, Frank Lloyd Wright, Edith Wharton, Colette. And I think a lot of them started their masterpieces when they were above 30, above 40 years old. And that is just a good reminder. We know these things um, in the back of the mind already, but this book just put all of those things in one place and it hits you like a breath of fresh fresh air it's like pat on the back hey <laughs> like listen i know you're doing great and you're going fast but why are you going first like uh, take a take a break take rest and go at yours i would say comfortable speed that's that happened with us like we got into uh, intense mode where we were like let's do this let's do that and then we had a call with few other people who were like, I would say, senior to us in the whole ecosystem. And they were like, what is the hurry? Like, why exactly do you want to go faster? Like, your goal was to maximize your happiness and maximize uh, all those things. So why do you need to hurry to chase the number? Because, as mentioned before, like, for example, if at the certain range have the same effect. Like for example, if you are earning something like $50,000 MRR, then 20,000 MRR is like almost the same effect. 50,000 MRR is a different thing, but 15 and 20 is the same effect. So if you go slowly or go fast, it's the same thing in that area. Uh, obviously, like there are differences, like it totally depends on the business. It totally depends like whether you are profitable or not. But like, for example, if Everything is going according to what you expect. There is no need to hurry. Like, there is no need to rush. So, when that happened, I remembered, oh yeah, it it totally follows this book. And, I mean, it's a nice reminder to have. Yeah, and uh, there was another section on eating, where it, it mentioned that he just, sloth philosophy is all about forgetting the numbers. Your weight, your calorie intake, juice burning cleanses or just thinking which superfood will keep you alive for the longest and that was again sort of hard hitting because I have been doing that for more than a year now because in the pandemic I gained a lot of weight and to lose that I've been tracking a lot of things and it's sort of just said unless you're doing things out of moderation you're probably fine we are lucky to have enough to eat. So you can just trust yourself and your body. Just eat uh, until you feel full. 
eat again when you feel hungry. <laughs> it's like the, the things are so simple. You can't contradict it. It's like, yeah, things are simple. We have just complicated it a lot. So many advices which are like anti-advices, like, <laughs> but uh, feels right. Like, it perfectly yeah. feels uh, like the best thing to do. Yeah, I mean, also, when you first saw the book, you, you must have thought it's like a cute little book, right? Like, it's a very small, pocket-sized book with a cute, like, art cover. Yeah, I don't have any book of this size. This is, like, pretty... The size is small mm -hmm. than a normal book. Plus, the the length is also small. There are in between. And uh, the whole of the language is also simple. But it makes sense. I think the author has put effort in... Uh, compiling all the good things uh, in a logical and, um, way. and short and so, concise yeah. way like she has tried to keep it like super short I think it's like 100 150 pages and yeah. that two very small pages that's like book writing goals if ever I feel that I want to write a book then this is this is like the ideal goal you don't need to have a lot of pages. You don't need to make things hard to read for a reader. Just make your point across in a in a very simple. Do you way. want to write a book though? Like, yeah. What, um, on what topic? Like, do you want to write like fiction, non-fiction? I want fiction more because that sort of gives you more creative control. Non-fiction writing feels like work. You you want to have <laughs> some outcome. Uh, at the end of that, like it's it's very similar to writing a blog post wherein at the end of the post, you need to have a CPA call to action on, okay, what should the reader do next? So I feel in a non-fiction book, that comes into picture. You are targeting a certain kind of reader and you want them to do something differently at the end of reading your non-fiction book. I, I feel that is... I don't know, I might do it, but fiction as of now holds more wrongness wherein you are just telling a story and people can take any interpretation based on their life experiences and there's, there's no pressure. It very much follows this law philosophy. You just do what you like and at your pace, even if you stop the story in between, it's okay because readers can fill in the gaps on their own but it's a non-fiction you need to have like a clear takeaway at the end yeah i mean i, I feel like writing a fiction books are super tough and uh, non-fiction books i feel i'm not sure because i have not written <laughs> any of the two but i'll just explain like why i feel that way because if you're writing any non-fiction book, like for example, if you're writing a book on some productivity or if you're writing a book on some biography or some history-related thing, there is only one perspective uh, because that's you. The whole book is based on facts. Like you already have dots lying around. You just have to connect it and write it from your perspective. So there are two major advantages because there are two, there are many dots so you can connect those dots 
and you can have to write it in your own perspective. With respect to fiction, I feel the major thing is like there are different perspectives you have to write. Like for example, your mindset. You you have your own things like what you like, you what you don't like. But in fiction, there are like the story you are writing will have multiple characters, and those characters should have their own identity. Like for example, person A, person B, person C, the villain, hero, and whatever all these characters should have their own identity. Should have their own thought process. They should be intellectual. They should be dumb. They should be whatever they are being represented as. So in those cases, as a writer, I feel that they have to get in that mindset. Like for example, if they're writing as a person A or for person A, they have to make sure that it is in his imagined character abilities that he doesn't go above and beyond or below that. So, and there are no dots to connect because you are putting those dots to connect. Because it's a fiction story, so I feel somehow that it is lot more difficult, and I have like somewhat too much admiration for like people who does it, who write like amazing stories, and especially people who write stories which connects, like which foreshadows a lot, and I get really surprised at how exactly. in their mind like they thought like how exactly this will pan out so with respect to having that different perspective so for example if you're a write a fiction writer and you're writing novel with a with a character who has like very high iq like very high iq 150 plus iq and who second character who is very dumb and then you have to basically have A specific mindset while writing those characters because every character has a limitation. So a great book is that when that character, when you relate to that character, basically, like when you relate that, oh, this character, I know that this character can do this, can do that, and has this kind of thought process. So really, like like people or writers who write like fiction, they experiment with lot of different. Philosophies where they experiment a lot of different thought processes while writing it, like from hero's point of view, from any character's point of view. What do you, What do you think? Yeah, I think that that the fun part is well, right? Wherein you get to become another character because uh, when you're writing about someone, you need to truly understand and define their worldview. What are their mental models? What are their flaws? How do they approach any particular situation? You need to uh, define that, and uh, based on the story, you, you might uh, iterate on it. You might change things here and there so that it makes sense the overall story. But I feel that is the creative channel as well. Where it non in nonfiction, you don't have that much of a control. You have a point to make. You make it and. Uh, that there are not a lot of different viewpoints you can consider you can do that for some topics but at the end you need to have a takeaway whereas in a fiction setting you get to play god you have the whole world building at your disposal and yeah i feel that is that is challenging yes 
but at the same time, it's satisfying as well. So you mentioned about foreshadowing, right? So I I personally feel that would be easy once you have the plot in place, because now once you know everything, how everything is going to pan out, you can just drop hints at the start. I feel the overall plot, getting the overall plot right, that is a much, much bigger challenge than foreshadowing. Because that is just sort of asymmetric information for us who don't know the whole plot. We feel or we see that, okay, this was brilliant. But for an author, it's just putting a small, like a teaser of what's going to come next. It's different if they're writing on the fly, which is they have written the first part, they have not written the future parts. But at the same time, still, they would have some idea of what's going to come. And that is how they're able to foreshadow. So I feel it shouldn't be that much of a difficult thing, but getting the plot right from all characters' perspectives says that it makes sense. And you can see those characters taking those particular decisions. I feel that is like a um, much bigger challenge for any fiction author. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that that was just like uh, what I thought, to be honest. Like, I'm not sure because it's like saying, because that was just like my, I thought of some, one, one of those days I was thinking like, it must be difficult to write as a fiction writer. But yeah, I mean, that's true. Like the way you have said it, the challenges they must be facing are totally different than what I had, I have expected or imagined basically. The, that, that, that I agree. But yeah, I mean, the creativity I think in that is super high. <laughs> like amazing, like uh, the... I would say specifically related to fiction novels. I, obviously, non-fiction is also great too. But uh, fiction novels where they build like, where they have some kind of world building, it gets really crazy like to think, to go from like zero to that world building level where you build like an entire totally different world with, which has set of rules, which has set of, I would say, any kind of sci-fi or fantasy novel. So, that's why I think I personally lo- like reading those because you get to enjoy that creativity. Oh, <laughs> okay. So what if this has, what if the world is like this, then what will happen on those things? That's, that's super interesting. So uh, moving <laughs> ahead in the Sloth Philosophy book, there was a reading list. There were some books which I added in my to read list. There were some that I already read. Little Prince and Alchemist were some of the ones that I've already read. And then there was a listening list that was like pretty, I, I like that section. So it suggested some songs which are slow and uh, I listened to it yesterday and like they were pretty soothing. And uh, like till now I've been more into pop music, rock music, but like now I'm excited to try out this slow music. What what kind of music do you listen to? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, do share that playlist or if you are linked to the music uh, playlist of that book. I mean, I think I missed that. 
I mean, listening to the playlist, which is mentioned in that book. For me, it has changed over the years and it's been changing now. But mostly now, nowadays, I would say when I'm working, I like to listen to background score kind of things <laughs> where it's like mellow or lo-fi hip-hop while working. So mellow kind of music, it's just music playing in the background and somehow I feel calm and relaxed while working or while like cycling, all those things. So, yeah, I mean, the music genre, I think <laughs> it's a, it, the choices are changes over the years. But f as of now, I would say lo-fi or mellow songs uh, are like top of my playlist. What about you? Yeah, I've been some lo-fi lately. That is pretty addictive. Whatever favorite songs were, now I'm finding the lo-fi versions of them. Just playing them on loop. That is... Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I, I used to listen to one YouTube channel's music. It's called Mr. Suicide Ship. Have you heard any song of that channel? It's, I think it's not an artist. I'm not so sure. But it's like, for example, he has a channel with a lot of followings and he brings in the artist who makes like great music. Beginner artist. Basically, they will get the visibility and uh, he has like a good distribution channel for his channel for uh, on his youtube so but some of the songs in his in, in for in that channel are amazing like i'll just share one it's i would say headphone activist high q so it's one of those songs and uh, yeah. i'll share it and it's one of the songs which is like very mellow and amazing to uh, listen to. So there, there are two more highlights from the book that I want to talk about. Uh, one thing he, he sort of touches upon is also, I like that this book is written very recently. So at one place, he talks about we value certain skills over others. Particularly, we value speed, ruthlessness, wealth, and also the ability to code. And I, I found it pretty interesting to find the coding in a, like a mindfulness book. Another thing was basically just the follow-up to that, which is it's okay to not be good at everything. It's easy to beat ourselves up over the things you're not good at, but... Uh, you don't need to do that because the list of things keeps growing. So one example that the author gives is if you don't know cryptocurrency, that's perfectly fine. You can just forget about that. You don't know, you don't understand cryptocurrency. Instead, make a list of things you're good at. And it, it would be a decent one. And I think you can just embrace this sloth philosophy of being good at something. Going against that FOMO else. thing. I love that, <laughs> but that you don't have to feel FOMO for everything. Yeah. It also gives examples, right? It gives examples of people who did things after a certain age. So in the music section, the top um, song that the uh, author mentions, that person did the music tour after the age of 17, which is something I would have never, never imagined. It's like pretty old. 
and then also gives an example like Samuel Jackson landed the role at Pulp Fiction at the age of 45. Before that, he was a stage actor. So, and bunch of other examples, which, which sort of It's said, never too late. Um, it's never too late, yeah. That was, the point was, you got plenty of time. Just remember the slow method, ask yourself, what's the rush? Many successful people didn't know what they wanted to be right after they graduated. So it's okay if you don't. And uh, you just figure it out as you go. And uh, it's okay to not know and just go with the flow. And just enjoy the journey. Yeah, I mean, that was that's so true. <laughs> so basically, I have a, I had a, I would say few, two, two, one to two years back, I had a mindset that if I want to be successful at the bootstrapping thing, I have to be successful before 30. That was in that was something which was in my mind that after 30, I'll not be able to do this. That was like my heart stop. And that was some, I think that's a bit pressurizing too, even though I had like a lot more time, definitely. But over the years, like with time right now, I feel that it's not like that after 30, 30 is like your heart stop. You can do something similar after 32 because many others are doing after 30. Like many, many people are doing after 30. Like 30 is not like an excuse for you to stop. Like for example, it's not like many people are doing after they have children at their homes, after getting married. So whatever rules and excuses I had for myself <laughs> that after 30, because I might have a family and all those things, I'll not be able to do this. People are already doing it, so it's totally, I would say, not true and not worth of adding that pressure and a rush that, hey, I have to do this by a certain period of time because, uh, I mean, life is short, but you have time. Like, you can start anytime. You can go at your own pace. And if you just keep doing it, you have that luxury and time to do those things. <laughs> I mean, when you said that, I, I was like, ah, this is a bit relatable in that sense. It's also about we find what we're looking for. So, uh, for example, on Twitter or wherever it be, focus on people who are younger, who are doing the similar thing. Then we start getting a FOMO. But at the same time, if we look closely, there's a similar number or decent number of people who older than us and uh, on a similar journey. So it's just that we get FOMO that people are doing it way young, but there's a spectrum. People are doing it at different stages of their lives. So it's okay to, like you said, that you know, there's no age limit. It's not that you need to be successful before 30. I think I'm going with a similar mindset. It's okay to not grow very big right now because you won't get this time back so it's okay to take it slow just have fun along the way there's enough time back. Yeah. we touched upon this in some earlier episode as well that career wise we are just five years into these are probably 20 25 30 years long which yeah, is like that's a, like i'm 30. very curious i'm like excited now to travel and want to explore at this mm -hmm. age because this is the right age right time thing so yeah, in that way, I don't want to 
bind myself that after 30 I'll not travel. <laughs> so that that is something uh, which I think my mind is changing right now. Because I always used to feel that uh, all those travel things and I have to do before 13. But it's not. It's like a lifelong thing. Whatever paths you have selected right now, you will continue those in 30. You will not change definitely. So I'm like excited to travel now. So just to explore. And I want to keep doing that over long years. Just to... I mean, have that kind of experience and to explore, basically. No other thing. And that's why, like, we both are going, uh, like, traveling in that sense now, from next month. And definitely that, obviously, that will slows the growth because we both are traveling, right? Like, whatever. And as you said, like, that's why, like, it's okay to go slow because then you are enjoying the time we have right now so yeah i mean if if uh, we, we are totally okay with it so i think <laughs> that's what was needed yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's the best part of so building your own business right? <laughs> like uh, you can set that uh, rate of growth and you can say it's okay now let's pause let's travel explore let's do another thing let's uh, do whatever you want to do <laughs> So, folks, that was all for today's episode. If you liked any particular section of sloth philosophy, or if you get motivated enough to buy this book and uh, read it, just let us know what section you like the most. Just tag us on Twitter, our handle is going slow forward. And uh, yeah, the CTA for today is different, which is Whenever you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, just ask yourself, what's the rush? And uh, yeah, see, and, see how that feels. And buy a hard All copy right. for you next time. It's such a cute book. It's it's a very cute <laughs> book. Like I have it on my desk table. I'm going to buy a few more copies, gift it. And uh, I'm going to read this again for sure. Because this is like uh, a very quick read. And... Uh, after you shared it today, uh, right? Like I'll, I'm going yeah. to definitely read it again because it was something which I read like few years back. And now I think I have to brush up the old memories. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll definitely read it again. And it's such a cute yeah. book that you can read it like <laughs> within a few hours. That's amazing. Too. Yep. Uh, see you then. Yep. Have a nice day. All right. Bye-bye.